This is Brunch with the Hollowells, and here's a quote from Rob. For each of man's evils, a demon exists. You are looking at vengeance, cruel, devious, pure as venom, vengeance. I'm supposed to get that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. No? Okay. So that was Witch Haggis from Pumpkinhead. Oh, I don't know that movie that well. Ah, I've so, seen it like once. Okay. Well, Haggis was a witch who gave this gentleman a favor to get back at the people who wronged him, which was kill his son. And basically the demon or the pumpkin head that comes out mimics what the wisher feels. Mm. And so that's what she was describing to him is that you're looking at a vengeful, cruel, devious, pure as venom vengeance. That monster mimicked all of that hate that he had inside of him, which is why Anytime this monster would kill someone, he would also feel them dying because this is what you wanted. You can't just wish people dead and then look the other way. Like you uh. have to feel what it is that you've put out there. And that just kind of reminds people that vengeance is never the answer, yada, yada, yada. But that's what the witch was talking about. Interesting. Do you remember the like her look? She was a very old school looking witch. She looked ugly, boils and the nose, all of it was just the long gray hair. Like it was it was some really good makeup. I don't, don't remember. Oh man. Yeah. If you ever remember, look her up. She she was pretty cool. Okay. Um but yeah, anyways, that's that's my quote. Anybody who has not seen Pumpkinhead, I would not recommend it <laughs> unless you are a huge horror fan. No, honestly. It's true. It's super eighties. It's a little cheesy. I think it has a little. Great <laughs> I think it has great effects, but at the end of the day, this is a horror film. This is not even something to like laugh at while it's funny. It's it's kinda dark. It's very, very dark. But I liked it. You're kinda dark. I never saw the sequels though. Neither did I. Yeah. Would you ever watch the sequels or not, I not a thing? I, it didn't like excite me enough to run out and watch it right away. Mm-hmm. Like when I watched um, like Fright Night, I wanted to watch the sequel right away. You know, same with Mannequin, which is definitely a horror film. I want to watch <laughs> that sequel so bad. It just reminded me so much about how fun that movie is. Yeah, I got to definitely watch that. So, hey everyone, this is Brunch with the Hollowells. I'm Rob, the Charm Fanatic. And I'm Sean. I'm going through it for the first time. And so, uh, we are going to do Season 3, Episode 12 today, but we actually have witch news today. Yeah, and it's actually from me for once. (laughs) I can take a break from talking. So, first off, um, I finished Friends last week, so now I'm free to watch the 1003 CW shows that started up. So I started today. I watched. Well, wait. What did you think of Friends? It was okay. <laughs> no, I liked the whole series. The last episode was kind of just like, wow, you did that. Like the whole get on the plane, get off the plane thing. Like okay. we see that in every rom-com. But you have to think back in the day, there probably wasn't that many. Yeah, that's true. Going on. By now, yes, we've definitely oversaturated that. Yeah. But did you like all of the like relationships that went through was there anybody that was a better fit for ross or rachel you know what okay okay here's my thing when it first started i really liked ross by the end i couldn't stand the man anymore okay and so like he starts dating charlie who's played by um aisha um aisha tyler aisha tyler Mm -hmm. and joey and rachel start dating oh did you love that I did. Didn't they you were love that. Better, better pairs. were hating on that so much. Nobody liked them two together. Really? I don't understand it. Well, at least my circle, I didn't get any positive reviews over that. I thought they were the cutest yeah. couple ever. I like them better than Ross and Rachel. Hey, Sorry. I know. And it was just so out of nowhere. And it, it just felt, I don't know. Yeah. I liked it. I liked and then it. it was sad because they only stopped dating because Joey was like, I don't want to do this to Ross. And I'm like... Really, Ross? You ruined something else? <laughs> okay, well, in case nobody hasn't seen it, we do apologize. But I, I was very curious over the some of the... Did you like Emily? Was Emily her name? The the British woman that he dated? She the was one okay. Who, like, I think we didn't get a chance to know her that well before all the wrongness happened to her and she became yeah, yeah. a bitch. You know That's what I mean? fair. And did you recognize Ross's son? 
I should have asked you this way earlier, but did you recognize him? Um, he's from a TV show. Yeah. It rhymes with Miverdale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, he looks exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. Every time I look at him at that age, I just think about Big Daddy Kangaroo Song. <laughs> oh, wow. my. He's Jesus. Like, I just like what he says, a kangaroo song. <laughs> so funny. Uh, okay, so go on, as you were saying. So, so far I've watched Batwoman, which is kind of cheesy, but I liked it. But I watched the two episodes of Charm today. There's the witch part of this yeah. story. <laughs> hey, you took us on the, the Friends tangent. I know, I just was curious. Okay, so I saw the first one, you saw the second Without giving spoilers, what did you think so far watching both? So overall, I think it's a mess. <laughs> yeah. I think it has kind of the, my same issue with the first season. Like, it's not that I don't like it. It's just, okay, so normally you get kind of the first episode starts off kind of slow. You kind of get to see like, oh, this is what life is like, especially after the finale of season one. There's a big change in the sisters' lives. Yes. We don't get to see any of that. It just jumps right into this new story, which just comes out of left field. And I see kind of what you mean about, like, everything is more about Harry. Like, it's more his story than theirs at this point. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. It just... It, it feels rushed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know exactly where they're headed. And again, this is only two episodes of the season. But I should be a little bit more excited to yeah. see what's coming and I'm more I'm just more confused. Yeah, when they reveal more about the bad guy, it just did not excite me. I'm okay. just like there's a few simple answers for what this could be and I'm not excited for any of them. <laughs> so, last week I told you about like, well Sean, so you've watched three seasons of the original charm. When you see what happens in this first episode, you're going to be like, what the deuce? So, it's when a certain thing gets destroyed. Oh yeah. How do you, how does that happen? Yeah. That, I, I just, how strong are you guys? Like, honestly, mm -hmm. for that to happen so easily, I, I don't know. I just hope they explain what's going on because, I, yeah, I had, I, I didn't think that something like that could happen so easily. Yeah. And it looked like it happened very easily. So I, yeah. And there's a new relationship we talked about that's brewing and it just seems so random and so <laughs> so Sean and I did discuss this a little earlier and we just wanted to share our thoughts about the show so far. We are not here to rag on the new Charmed. This is this is a very honest opinion about any TV show that we would watch. And um, to any fans out there that do like the new series, this is not anything against you or anything like that at all. Um you know, even though the show does exist, it doesn't necessarily give us more drive to have the old charm back. Look, I'm totally down for a reboot. It just has to be done well. And this particular show does not need to be called Charmed mm -hmm. because it's lost all of its edge. Like, there's nothing remotely about this that says Charmed anymore. I'm sorry, there isn't. And that doesn't mean the show deserves to like get canceled or whatever like that. It just has a lot of work to do. To be fair, I do know quite a few people who are watching it who are really like um, my friend at work who told me about who I found out about Cole from. Basically, she spoiled it because of the new show because she loves the new show so much. She's like, oh, they already did the demon boyfriend, just like the original. So series. she but you told her that you had not watched the. Oh, God. OK. Yeah. Well, <laughs> she didn't know where we were. She thought the Cole stuff happened earlier. Okay. But yeah, she watched the whole series in like a week. She watched it all at work. Yeah. And then Mikey, who was on episode one with us, mm -hmm. really liked it. And then the new guys that I'm dating, they're really into it. Mm -hmm. So it's got an audience. Yeah, it does. I, I read on Twitter all the time of fans of our show who really enjoy Charmed and, and they not necessarily defend the show, but just like, you like what you like, I like what I like. Yeah. Don't hate on me for liking this. I'm not a traitor to the original and all that good stuff. And and, and we're not trying to promote that either. But this is, I'm really being honest. Like, yeah. the show needs a lot of work, so. I would say I am still have enough interest to watch it to see what the mystery is. But I'm not excited to watch it. I don't have exact numbers. But the premiere was above what it was when it first came out. Yeah. So it is rising. 
Yeah, episode two did better than episode one, actually. I think really? episode one was, I think, 0. 0.64 million. Yeah. And episode two is 0. 0.75. Very good. I'm See? going off memory from when I looked earlier. Yeah. But yeah. No, no. So, so there you have that. All right. What was the other thing you had? All right. I was at Best Buy yesterday with Anthony, and I saw a video game, and you can argue with me if you don't think it's witchy news, but I think it is, <laughs> because technically, they're witches in number three. <laughs> okay. There is a... Paranormal Activity VR video game. Wow. And it was only 15 bucks, and I bought it, and I'm so excited, but I haven't played it yet. <laughs> is it literally based on Paranormal Activity, or is it just a ghost story that you're having to... Um, well, from what I could see, all you get to use is a flashlight, and you have to go through this house that's haunted. Fuck that shit. No, so I can't. I'll try to play it this week so I, I can need talk about Anthony it next to week. record a video. Really? Yes, I need to see how this looks. Okay. <laughs> yeah, tell him to record a video. I need to see how this is played out. Just, just, I just need three minutes. I might have to have Chris do it. I don't know if Anthony could stand even watching. Some okay. Video well, record. somebody needs somebody needs to record it because I, I okay. need to see how this goes. Um, I also had a question for you. Go so for we saw Maleficent two. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure I knew this before, but just never thought about it because we always concentrated on her witch side, but she's technically a fairy, a fae, or is that a mix between fairy and witch? Well, remember, we haven't counted her as a witch because she is a fairy. Yeah. Okay. I could have swore we've done her on this show. We haven't. We have not. No. And she's not in Witch Witch because we considered her a fairy. That's what, okay. I just wanted to make sure. I couldn't remember where we put her because I know that we talked about Evil Queen being a witch, but I don't remember saying that Faye, I mean, that Maleficent was. Right. Yeah. Okay. I think she toes the line. I think we could probably argue to make her a witch, but she is a fairy. Okay. So. What'd you think of that sequel? I liked it more than the first one. Re- okay. We'll talk about that later. Okay. But okay. Interesting. All right. The only thing that I have, folks, Charmies, is we have a new iTunes review. <gasps> yes, so let me pull that up. Um, it is a five-star review. <gasps> it says tart and sweet as its um, subject line from Cuppy Sai, S-I-E. I have no idea who this is, so this makes it even better. I didn't have to <laughs> ask them to put one on. <laughs> um, but it basically says, uh, if episodes of Brunch with the Hollowells were Angry Orchards... Because we had angry orchards yeah. on the show, um, I'd have binged myself into a coma. I love this show, and Sean and Rob are charm zing hosts. Oh, how cute! <laughs> you no, know, uh, yeah, Sean loves those puns. Give it to him. Um, <laughs> my only sadness is now that I am caught up. I have to wait a week to hear what Sean thinks. Aww. So she caught up. She caught up on three seasons. That's crazy. Or I shouldn't assume it's a she. It could be a he. But um, yeah. It could be a they. Don't could be, be an asshole. It could be a they. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much for that review. We really appreciate that. And uh, yeah. Anyone else who has a strong opinion about our show, good or bad, feel free to uh, tell us about that on Twitter. Or you can send us an email, bwthpod at gmail.com. Also, if you love the show, yes, follow in Cuppy Size Footsteps. Send us a review. Let everyone know that you enjoy our show. And that'll just give us more exposure for other people to find us on a random search. But thank you again for uh, your support on that. And yeah, I love this comment. Yes, it's very yeah. sweet. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's get to our episode. Let's get to our episode. We are doing episode 12 of season 3, Wrestling with Demons. Air date was February 2nd, 2001. Written by Cheryl J. Anderson, directed by Joel J. Fiegenbaum. Special guests include Ron Perlman. uh, Also, Marco Sanchez as Tom Peters. We also have co-starring Shirley um, Prestia as Fran Peters. Uh, Dennis Dunn as Mr. Chang. (laughs) (laughs) And this episode scored 5.9 million viewers. Daryl has a Mr. Chang at the police station. His picture has appeared on the front page of the paper's metro section. And Daryl's gotten a tip that four others whose pictures have so appeared have been brutally murdered. When Daryl can't tell Chang is the source of his tip, a premonition from Phoebe. Chang declines protection and leaves. (laughs) 
Prue, Piper, and Phoebe are waiting outside Daryl's office. Phoebe is unusually gung-ho about catching the demon she saw in her premonition, even though previously she hasn't been that interested in catching demons. After Daryl comes out of his office, the four split up to catch the demon. Prue and Daryl find Chang just as he's leaving work. As Chang gets on his motorcycle in an alley, a demon comes around the corner and throws a fireball at him. Too bad it wasn't a green flame. (laughs) Prue deflects it back. I deflect thy power. (laughs) And Daryl throws Chang out of the way. The demon gets ready to attack again, but Prue flings him into a trash bin. As she's about to finish the demon off, she recognizes him as a former boyfriend. All right. So this is something that may not like click with everyone hearing something like that because it's so quirky. Like, oh, I dated a demon. But this is also evidence that humans can become demons. You know, they're not just purebreds, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, for her to dated a demon was he a demon the whole time or you know is it the scenario that we got so it actually speaks a lot of volumes just with this um prologue of the episode and i'm not saying anything but it gave me a buffy vibe because buffy always did that where she'd see like a vampire who was like an ex-boyfriend <laughs> and especially like in the alley behind the bronze so it just totally like yeah made that yeah connection <laughs> So, Mr. Chang uh, was someone that I mentioned to you that you may recognize. Uh, Did you recognize him right away? Right away. Um, He looked a little bit different with age, but I recognized his voice right away. Voice is very distinctive. And I think it becomes, because we're real big fans of the movie. Mm -hmm. But so, uh, that's Dennis Dunn, who plays Mr. Chang. He is from a movie called Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, it is a John Carpenter film, which I guess is what an action fantasy sort of comedy. Yeah, all of the above. All of the above. So, Charmies, if you haven't seen this movie, I encourage you to watch it and write to us about it, just like with the craft. Oh yes, yes, yes. Remember, we got someone to watch the craft. We did. Yeah. If if any of you decide to watch this movie, I mean, it doesn't involve too many witches, but it does involve ghosts and demons and a lot of powerful stuff. Yeah, I'd be interested to see your reactions from this movie because yeah. we we saw a midnight showing of it with Chris, and he <laughs> he was like, "What the hell is going on?" But here's the other thing: if you choose not to, at least watch the trailer because you'll see Mr. Chang. Yeah, and you'll kind of get a a look at what he used what he used to look like when he was like you know a little younger. But yeah, I still think he looks good. He used to look good. Yeah. <laughs> Prue brings out a picture of her ex boyfriend Tom Peters, a star wide receiver and captain of the football team at Gold State. When Prue was there. Uh, Daryl remembers that he had blown out his knee in his rookie year in the NFL, and he was rumored to be involved in gambling. And so he's been missing for six years. Um, As they were talking about him, Leo orbs in and says that he lost Patty's ring. Patty is the sister's mother, and apparently Piper gave Leo the ring to give back to her when they get married. So she is not happy about this at all. And she was like, your orbs are mine if you don't find my ring. <laughs> uh, that's orbs, that's balls. <laughs> what? <laughs> They're talking about balls. I don't get it. <laughs> Does he put silicone in his balls? <laughs> uh, yeah, we're not going there. <laughs> um, so she wanted to use it as a, as a wedding ring. And uh, Prue asked Leo if it's possible for humans to turn into demons. Leo says that he's heard rumors of mortals being rooked into a brutal training program by the way of a Faustian deal. Over time, the program destroys mortals' humanity and then turns them into demons. And so they have to seal their conversion by killing an innocent, just as it would be for a new member of a gang being initiated. They kill someone else in order to do it. So what I have written down here is that they call in Leo and he orbs in and... I just noticed something. He is still wearing (laughs) the same clothes that he always wears, just in different colors. There's not a lot of stores in heaven, Rob. Apparently not. And I, I, you know, he's lived since, you know, World War II, but update the style. Do something different. I mean, I I guess he's a minimalist. Like, he doesn't necessarily care about fashion. 
not to say that what he's wearing is bad. It's just the same thing. Yeah. Um, do you think that's Old Navy? It looks like Old Navy to me. It does. <laughs> old Navy does have that very minimal style to it. Not hating on Old Navy to let anyone anyone know who doesn't know. I used to work there for years. So those were one of my biggest jobs. So no hate to Old Navy, but it looks very familiar. Uh, what do you think about the idea of converging humans into demons? Like just that idea in general for this show. I think it's interesting. I think it has a lot of possibilities down the line. I could see it becoming a story element, maybe, mm -hmm. um, just like it was in this episode. But I like that there's like steps to it and that it can be reversed. Mm -hmm. Tom walks into the office of his business. <laughs> business. <laughs> Lord, business. 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 Manager, Kelman. A guy is sitting there asking for more time to pay a debt. Kelman won't listen, but instead gestures, and an elevator appears in a wall. Kelman pushes the man into the elevator, and with cheesy effects and fast forward, he goes down rapidly. Tom comes in afterward and tells Kelman that a witch had interfered with his kill. Kelman isn't happy. He promised to source five new graduates by the next night, and the four other members of Tom's class have already made their kills. He hands Tom a newspaper and tells him to kill the person pictured there. Oh, I thought you said pictured where? I was like, am I supposed to look at a picture? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, for every time that you bring up some cheesy effect on this show, I want you to name a cheesy effect from Buffy, because I'm sure they had their share. Oh, yeah, they had their share of Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. It wasn't in the script, Sean. Oh. Stay on cue. My bad. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. Um, So... I just want to point out just how sloppy it is to just tell your minions and your trainees, just go kill somebody who's in the paper. Like, clearly, that's how they found out about you. You were leaving a trail, you know? Yeah. So I just thought that was, like, super sloppy. Oh, just kill this one. <laughs> <laughs> so Leo tells Phoebe that she has to tell Prue and Piper she let Cole go. Phoebe doesn't know how to tell them, um, how to tell them, but wants to atone by killing as many demons as possible. And so Phoebe tells Piper she might have a spell that could help Tom, or find Tom. And so Phoebe goes to her room and pulls out a sheet of paper with a lost and found spell she wrote in hopes of finding Cole. Piper walks in, and Phoebe admits that Cole is still alive. Uh, she also admits that her gung-ho attitude has largely been out of guilt conscience. Um, Piper, of course, is very upset and urges Phoebe to tell Prue. Were you surprised at all by F Piper's um, reaction to this? Not by Piper's. I was surprised, though, at how quick it happened. Okay. Without much um, buildup. Well, it, it just then just turned around, well, how dare you? Now you gotta go tell Prue. It's just like, you still need to, like get me to forgive you. It just seems she kind of moved on and was like, okay, you got to tell Prue now, you know? Yeah. No, that's very Piper to me. Like she was mad and then she doesn't like keeping secrets. So yeah, get it out right away. Cause I don't want to hold this. <laughs> um, I did appreciate that they got to show Leo be more of that support role that I was talking about last week. Okay. We didn't get to see him. He just ran off. Mm -hmm. But this week he was a little more like, you got to tell them, like being that encouragement. And he didn't blab. And he could have told his wife, you know, and not start off their marriage with a lie, you know. Like, yeah, so, I mean, I get it. I get it. Mm -hmm. So Prue goes to Tom's mother and asks what happened after he got hurt. She denies that they were um, any gambling debts. And uh, mentions Mr. Kelman has been a big help to her since Tom disappeared. Prue asks if she has any idea where Tom is. And his mother says that she thinks Tom had some things to take care of. So, yeah, this scene kind of reminded me of Ace Ventura. <laughs> it did. <laughs> when Ace goes to visit. What was what was his name? Was it um, Ray Finkel? Yeah, Ray yeah. Finkel. <laughs> then Finkel the, and Einhorn. Yeah. <laughs> and then the mom, you know, because she was praising her football son, and it just, like, laces out. <laughs> just reminded me so much of that. I thought that was <laughs> funny. Um, I didn't ask you about Kelman. You 
recognize Kelman. I mean, Kelman. Yeah, you recognize Perlman right away. Yeah, they showed his name, and I was like, oh, it's Ron Perlman. Yeah. Which is funny, because here he is playing a demon again. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's just, that's, do you think he's typecast? Is he usually typecast like that? Um, yeah, he's usually, like, pretty much the same character, like, the big, gruff, like, if he's not evil, he's, like, the badass, so it's kind of that same line. Yeah, he did, um, that Son of Anarchy show, I believe, right? Yeah. I don't know if he was evil or how much evil he was in that, he but... Ended up being more of the villain because it was a whole struggle where, um, just to put it real quick, like he was representative of the new ways and his ways were more like getting into drug dealing and stuff like that. Whereas our main character, I don't remember his name, the blonde, mm-hmm. he was more about like preserving the old like legal ways of the club. Gotcha, gotcha. I actually watched that whole series. Rob. I would love to, and then the Oscars ruined the ending, so now it's been put mm. on the back burner for a longer queue. But um, Ron Pullman may be recognizable to most people as Hellboy, even though he is covered in all makeup. Mm-hmm. That is the guy who played the original Hellboy. Um, and he was in Carnival, which was such a good show. Oh, yeah, and everybody it just did ended like so Carnival. early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Prue comes home just as Piper and Phoebe are casting the Lost and Found spell. Are you ready for this? Oh, yeah, we got to do a spell. Yeah, okay. get that water bottle out your mouth, son. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Guiding Guiding spirits, I ask your charity. Lend me your focus and clarity. Lend me to the one I cannot find. Restore that and my peace of mind. So now that we're here, Rob, what's something that you feel that you've lost and it would come back to you? I was going to ask this question. Were you? Yeah, I was. It's not in this scene. It's in another one. Oh. <laughs> because it's when all the stuff comes back. Gotcha. It's when I asked you. That is so funny. <laughs> Good for you. We think alike. <laughs> um. Wow. There, you know, I would have to think about it a little bit more. I mean, th- there's a lot of little stuff that I mean, you know what it was? No, I didn't actually lose them. I had some, oh, no, I did. There were some old toys specifically some that came from mcdonald's happy meals okay i would love to have those back those were such like keepsakes some of them i sold in a garage sale but others they just ended up gone um another thing that i think i would love to find are some of my like older pictures Mm. i don't know where they are now but there were a lot of pictures i took back in the day when i would like like Halloween pictures or just more stuff when I was a kid, I think those would be nice to find again. So we're both nerds because mine are toys too. (laughs) Yeah, I figured yours would be toys. Technically, I didn't lose them either. I gave them away to Goodwill, but I rue the day that I gave them away. And it's something that whenever I'm out and see these toys somewhere, they're expensive. And part of me wants to buy them back, but... I went through a phase where I was growing up and I got rid of all my X-Men toys. Yeah, I got rid of a lot of toys too. And, you know, they're so one of the kind. And you don't think about that kind of stuff. And I don't think it was really a period like, oh, I'm too grown for this. I'm not going to play with it anymore. I just stashed them somewhere and then they just end up leaving. I still have all my Star Wars. Well, no, I got rid of a lot of the ships. Oh, yeah? But I have the figures. I had a brown toy box it was so huge it was one of those things where you would open up the top and there'd be like a string attached to the door it was just full of toys like i i i I look back and i'm just like wow i can't believe i had all those toys (laughs) to fit in such a huge box it was so crazy i don't even know where they even came from i just remember having it and there was a lot of stuff i had transformer toys that ended up going (laughs) oh my god i'm so mad that i don't have those anymore yeah I feel ya. <laughs> All right. So they cast a spell and she wonders how they came up with the ritual that quickly. Piper tries to get Phoebe to tell the truth, not being very subtle and without success. The sisters find a newspaper on the doorstep with all the pictures grayed except one on the front of the metro section. It's Claudia Gibson, the mayor's spokeswoman. The sisters take off and overtake Tom. He throws a fireball at Claudia. But Piper freezes it in flight and Prue flings it aside. No witnesses. No witnesses. No witnesses nope. in this huge par- uh, parking lot. But no- Okay, uh, <laughs> go ahead. That's a good point. 
The sisters bring the still-frozen Tom to the manor and tie him up in the attic. Proof finds the training program known as the Demonic Academy in the Book of Shadows. Tom will have six chevrons on his left arm if he is fully demonic. He only has five. This is another time, like, you think they noticed, like, a demonic academy. Yeah, oh, here it is. Right? Never noticed oh, it. Yeah. right after this uh, ice cream truck. I can't <laughs> believe we missed that one. <laughs> Apparently, he won't get the six until he's killed an innocent. Phoebe wants to vanquish him, something Piper doesn't understand, given how much she wanted to save Cole. Tom unfreezes and throws a fireball at Prue when she tries to talk to him. The doorbell rings, but Prue assures Piper and Phoebe she can handle Tom alone. So a little bit back to when uh, Claudia was attacked in the parking lot. I don't know what the weather's like in San Francisco, but it looked hot as hell. And you've got Prue in leather pants and Piper wearing a turtleneck. Like, how in the hell are they, like, walking around San Francisco with all these warm clothes in February? It can't be that warm. Uh, yeah, it can't be. That was, yeah, I just noticed that. Piper loves those turtlenecks. <laughs> but then we also go back. <laughs> Piper is just not being super subtle. She is hinting like crazy <laughs> to bring up Cole. And they're just literally arguing in front of Prue, and she says nothing. I am not Prue. I would have literally been like, what are you two talking about? Like, stop all of this. What is happening? Yeah, I would have had, like, all the cutlery, like, floating in front of them. Like, if you don't tell me, I'll fucking cut you. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking? Why are we still talking about Cole? It was, she just was not subtle about it at all. But joke aside, do you think it was right for Piper to force Phoebe into a conversation the way that she did it? It was funny, and I get why they showed that, but No. You can't force someone to say something like that. That sucks. Yeah, I don't. I didn't like that either. I didn't think she was like evil about it, but I just, yeah, you can't do that. You can't hint like that. That's kind of rude. Mm-hmm. So downstairs, the telephone continues to ring, and answering the machine does not pick up. Daryl's at the door with Tom's missing persons file. As he enters, Graham's dog Rasputin, missing for seven years, runs in. Piper picks up the telephone, and an old friend of Prue is on the line. Piper looks for a pencil and finds a whole drawer full of them, along with Mom's ring. (laughs) So Phoebe's hair then turns back to brown. I mean, she just walks in. They're not subtle about it. We don't even get a magical effect that it turned brown. It just appeared brown. And I like Sean's look. Sean, you got... (laughs) Did I? Yeah, you were like, oh... Oh, it's brown. (laughs) Um, A cabinet appears to open and dozens of socks tumble out. And so uh, Prue tries to reason with Tom back in the attic and she tells him that she knows he entered into some kind of Faustian deal. He initially denies ever knowing her or even having been human. However, he does show some sign of recognizing her when she tells him she knows he hasn't made his kill. Uh, He says Kelman will kill him if he doesn't. As Prue leaves, she loosens his ropes, um, and Prue heads to the kitchen to find Piper and Phoebe and Daryl dealing with the tons of previous lost stuff. Just then, Tom heads out the door, just as Prue hoped. She thinks he'll lead them to Kelman, whom she uh, is convinced is the demonic uh, recruiter. And so the sisters follow Tom to Kelman's office and kick the door in, but no one's there. Down below, Tom tells Kelman he can deliver three witches. Kelman isn't impressed. He's more concerned about meeting the deadline. Kelman senses humanity in Tom. He thinks Tom needs a refresher course. Kelman gestures and the lights turn on, revealing a wrestling ring. <laughs> So I was right, Rob. I totally called this whole episode on purpose. I was dying (laughs) when you said that. And then you changed your mind. I'm like, you had it right the first time, but I couldn't say anything. It reminded me just like, oh, yeah, maybe it's the lunch lady. (laughs) It reminded me just that. I was like, you got it right the first time. and You didn't even know it. But yes, wrestling with demons was supposed to be taken literally. What do you think about the plot of this episode? Um, it's dumb. 
<laughs> but it's fine. Like okay. it's it's in the vein of the show, so yeah. I'm not like ruining watching this episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Apparently, the word of the day is ruining. <laughs> so I wonder if this demon Kelman just was like, I'm gonna adapt this human custom of wrestling into my training. Like, where did they get this idea from? Yeah, I don't know. It's random. Like, oh, you're not gonna deliver. You're gonna go and wrestle some beefy dudes. Do you know if any of these wrestlers were like famous wrestlers? They no, they have to have been. Okay, because um, uh, I. I can look up the names of the wrestlers. I wouldn't recognize their names, but they had to have been professional. That's probably what it is. There's probably some sort of random hookup where they can bring wrestlers on the show. So, like, let's write a story around it. Yeah, probably. Yeah. (laughs) The sisters are scouring Kelman's office. Apparently, Kelman's been posing as a sports agent and has rooked several troubled athletes into Faustian deals, forcing them into the academy. Phoebe tweaks the lost and found spell, revealing the elevator. Are you ready, Rob? Well, she only said it, so oh. you can say it. I'm Phoebe! Yeah. Mm-hmm. Show me the path that I cannot find to save Tom and restore Prue's peace of mind. <laughs> I decided to go dramatic. <laughs> so, good. I had to point this out because I'm a nerd and I'm excited. Okay. So, when the elevator's revealed, Piper says, I have a bad feeling about this. Okay. Which, when you watch Star Wars, they constantly say it throughout all of Star Wars because George Lucas thought it'd be funny to have the characters say it anytime they were going into a bad situation. Okay. Thank you for asking. Yes, I got my Star Wars tickets for <laughs> December 19th. Oh, I'm gonna be there. <laughs> Yay. You need to learn to love Star Wars more. I watch them all. I give them my money. That's all they're getting from me. Which, you know what? I was thinking about this over the weekend. Because did you see, total, total sidebar, but did you see that Francis Ford Coppola said that the Marvel movies are, I think you said disgusting or something. Wow. Another one to the list. And then a bunch of, I think he's just doing it to ride on the coattails though. Well, yeah. Aniston too. She did the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. But a bunch of Marvel fans are now speaking out and I'm like, wow, this is becoming Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I hope it doesn't because this is the reason why I don't like Star Wars is because it's turned to this big thing as if they're real and people just have such a huge opinion about how the movie goes instead of just being entertained. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> sorry for that spiel. Oh that my God, yeah. A hot topic for us. <laughs> so Kelman forces Tom to watch the large wrestler Slammer beat the tar out of an academy student. A hellhole opens in the mat and the smaller man falls in. Tom is next to is next into the ring and fares a little better. The sisters run toward the ring and call for Tom. Piper freezes most of the demons, but Tom, Kelman, and Slammer don't freeze. Kelman tells the sisters that he's more than a match for them and to prove it shows them eight chevrons on his arm, which also proves he has he was once human himself. Crazy. So I have to bring up, I called it, Rob. What'd you call? It wasn't that big of a thing to call, but I noticed how hard Prue was fighting to save this demon. I'm like, well, now when Phoebe tells her, she, she can't be mad at Phoebe for wanting to save Cole because she's doing the same shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I was going to ask you, they were deciding if they needed to help Tom. I mean, they had a huge discussion about this while the other guy was dying. Notice they didn't choose to save him by the way. Right. They were just like, yeah, he's not an innocent. I don't give a shit about him. He's dying. Whatever. he was cuter. He was cuter. (laughs) Um, Hey, you saved that for hot man meter. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, they were trying to decide is one man worth risking our lives for no matter demon or human. Like, what do you think about sort of their deduction of if Tom's worth it? Like, what would you have decided to do? Yeah, it is definitely an interesting conversation. I think... I would be more on Prue's side. Okay. This actually happened in X-Men because Rogue was a villain. And then she basically found out she's being manipulated by Mystique, her stepmother. And she joined the X-Men. And the X-Men didn't want her because she was a villain. But Wolverine gave her a chance. And now she's a hero. I believe you told this story before. Well, at least to me. So, but what if you were Piper or Phoebe? Like, do you trust someone else to believe in them therefore risk your life or if you were Prue yes you would do it but if you were Piper or Phoebe would you still do it 
Yeah, that's a hard one. I would I would want to support my sister as much as possible. I found Phoebe funny because she's asking Prue to do the same thing for her with Cole. So the fact that she's not willing to back Prue with Tom, I would think it would be reversed. Like, oh, yes, let me help any way I can. Yeah. You know, get on her good side. The high ground and be like, yep, I did it for you. Now I can tell you. You know, like yeah. little stuff like that. I, I get that. So he raises a levitating ball blade to Tom's throat, which you recognized right away. Phantasm. So, yes, this is from a horror movie called Phantasm. Phantasm. Is this 70s or 80s? I want to say it was late 70s. Okay. I remember it being a little older. I love those movies. You do? Do you know there's five of them in total? Yes, I do. I remember seeing at least three of them. Maybe not in the right order, but I know I saw at least three. I own one through four. Oh, nice. Yeah, I would watch those. So I'm just going to ask this right away before we move on. Seeing such a very recognizable prop from said movie, do you call shenanigans and be like, how dare you steal this? Or, aw, they played homage to a horror film you like. Okay, so it's 1979. It came 1979. Out. I knew it was late. Um, Yeah, because it was like exactly the same. And... I would say it was a little distracting only because it looks so much so similar, but it wasn't as cool. Like the ones in Phantasm moved more. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, it's a movie; they have a budget, so it was distracting to sit there and compare it to the ones in Phantasm. Okay, but you're okay with a show like Charm to take something from that movie and use it in there, or are you a hater and be like, "How dare you steal this from a different source"? No, I wouldn't say I'm a hater. Like, I think it's it's flattering that they use it, because at least that means that whoever wrote this or designed it is, is familiar fan. with Phantasm. Very good. And at least that way, um, other people may see it in Phantasm and watch it because they recognize the ball from Charmed. <laughs> <laughs> so Leo orbs into Daryl's office to his... Uh, irritation and says that he can't sense the sisters daryl tells leo about kelman and leo abruptly orbs out irritating daryl even further it's <laughs> like funny it's like no that ain't right <laughs> do you think batman's a white lighter and i <laughs> was gonna say i was like this is a very batman thing that he just did we're very like on the same level today but then it also made me think of justice league how flash was like yeah they do that yeah <laughs> <laughs> the sisters try to bargain with Kelman and Tom stands by his bargain. The ball blade disappears and Tom and Slammer leave the ring. Piper freezes Tom and bluffs claiming that Tom will per permanently be frozen if she is harmed. So Kelman agrees to the bet. If the sisters win in the ring, Tom goes free and if they lose, they all die. Phoebe admits to Prue that she did not vanquish Cole because now she feels that this could be her last opportunity to tell the truth, and so she does it now. Much to Prue's anger, she obviously picked the right time, true or false. It was a bad time, because that could be distracting in the ring. Very distracting. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing I was thinking of, but the way Prue looked at her, let me translate those eyes. <laughs> I want to punch you in the throat. <laughs> And have a demon kill her, then resurrect her so she could wow. punch her in the throat again. Fuck that. Oh my god, Prue was pissed. Which is funny though too, because turning the tables, she's mad at Phoebe for doing exactly what she's doing. Okay, yeah. No. I No, I hear you. I hear you. But I think, was she? did she say it to Piper that it's not the fact that she did it, it's that she lied about it? I, Prue said that because it, it she said a line about something like, oh, but you're keeping secrets from me or something. Or, you know, it took you this long to say something. Yeah. So it was concentrated more on why has it taken so long for you to say something to me, mm -hmm. you know? So, Sean, are you a fan of wrestling, by the way? I'm not, but quick funny story. Chris used to work at Circuit City. <laughs> and the first time he saw wrestling, they had it on all the TVs on the wall. And he literally went to someone and was like, are they allowed to show gay porn here? <laughs> you really thought it was porn. Wow. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I have watched wrestling on specific occasions because one of the federations would have actors come in to do a skit. 
Oh, okay. Um, Pee Wee Herman was on there once. Um, Stephen O'Mell, Arrow was on there once. Wow. Uh, a lot of other bigger stars. Um, the Entourage crew was on there. At least Ari was on there. Um, yeah, so sometimes they'll have famous people go on there and do their bit. You know, you made me think. I was a fan of wrestling. Does um, Celebrity Deathmatch count? <laughs> <laughs> it does count. And I watched that shit all I used the to time. Be all about that stupid show. I loved it. No, we would actually. We wouldn't like literally bet with money, but we would really get into competition and try and figure <laughs> out who would win based on the celebrity. And we would actually get pissed off if they wrote it a certain way that we didn't want. Like, how the hell did Jenny McCarthy win? That's not fair. It would like we would get so into it. It was a funny show. I liked it. Yeah. But yeah, they would choose like random ones to win some. Like I think Mariah Carey won against I was like, whatever. Anyway, I was pissed. Yeah. <laughs> Kelman brings out two other large wrestlers, Mega Man, mm-hmm. that sounds familiar, yeah. and Thunder, Thunder, Thundercats. Oh! <laughs> Phoebe and Prue enter the ring, and they and their opponents circle each other. Prue lands the first blow with a double high kick. She's still, like, making bucks off of that dummy she had in season one. Yeah. The yeah, kickboxing yeah. dummy. Mm-hmm. But the demons quickly recover and take the advantage. Piper tries to encourage Prue and Phoebe to get angry. Finally, Kelman calls her bluff and hits her with the ball blade, unfreezing all the demons. That got a, that got a shock out of you, Yeah. Too. You're like, oh, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. That wasn't fair. That was in the back. Yeah. I wonder why he's a demon. <laughs> Phoebe and Prue, distracted, begin to get the worst of the fight. Kelman takes Tom with him to kill Tom's mother. The hellhole begins to open under Prue and Phoebe. Prue, however, kicks Mega Man away with her free leg and then kicks Thunder. Thunder. <laughs> Thunder off of Phoebe. Phoebe swings Prue by one arm and Prue high kicks the wrestlers in the head. They pin the wrestlers. The hellhole opens and the wrestlers fall in. I know you love this effect. What did you think of this fight scene here? It looked really cool. Like, I really thought they were falling. I really feared for those actors. Do you remember doing that at... It was either at Universal Studios or... um, What's the other one? Isn't there another one? Not Universal Studios, but isn't there, like, another movie thing? Or maybe I'm just thinking of Universal Studios. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, you know, like, the... Place. Are you talking about like when they do the green screen and you can be in the scene? Yeah, but I don't know if it was done at Universal Studios. I, I did it at the Warner Brothers studio. That's what thank, That's what I was asking. I was like, I know there's another studio that did Well, stuff. I didn't know you were talking about the green screen thing. Yeah, well, I was getting to it. So yeah, I did that because they did a Vertigo and like thing and they picked somebody from the audience to like do it. And then they had you pretend that you were like hanging or whatever, <laughs> and then also falling, and so you had to wave your arms. So I got to see a little movie magic on nice. how they did that scene, but it looked exactly how they did it. I did a Harry Potter one where they provide like the broomstick you sit on, and then they tell you like, okay, now do this with your arm, do this, and then they put it together for you into the oh, video. Nice. Very cool. But then they charge like $90 for that in a photo. I'm like, fuck you. Yeah, not doing that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, what'd you think of this action scene though? I really liked it. It was a cool fight scene and, um, Prue was definitely dressed for it in those pants. Yeah. No, she's awesome. She's still using her telekinesis to like lift up the way that she does when she kicks, even though Phoebe had literally has the levitation power and doesn't use it, but yeah. we'll move on. <laughs> The sisters return up the elevator, carrying Piper and call for Leo. Leo removes the ball blade and starts healing Piper. Although Piper was badly wounded, she already stopped breathing. She'll survive. Leo tells the sisters that the elders think that Kelman can be defeated by turning one of his recruits against him. Prue and Phoebe head out while Leo attends to Piper. So in the lobby, Phoebe tries to explain to Prue that all she wanted was to save Cole just like Prue wanted to save Tom. Prue, however, retorts that Tom wasn't out to kill them like Cole was. And so Piper comes to and tells Leo that she found her mother's ring. (laughs) So this is where I wanted to kind of get into the whole 
group Phoebe thing. So, so far, in many comments so far, you have stated Prue's a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. Like, she has no pull or say as to how the situation turned out, or there's no difference between the two. Well, she does make a point at one point, which I can side with a little bit. Okay. That Cole was trying to kill them from the start. Yes. But she's saying that she knew Tom when he was good. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know, that doesn't carry a lot of weight to me, because actions, to me, speak louder. Okay. So, the fact that Cole worked so hard to change, and that he didn't kill Phoebe when he had the chance, like, it doesn't matter how he started. How he ended was the way he ended. Okay, fair enough. Um, I, I have not looked at it that angle before. All I will say is because we already know that he is, you know, half human, um... It's kind of hard to just say, like, was he a good human when he was human? You know, all we know is that this man was assigned to kill us. And that's all that I know. And I can't base it off anything else. Um, I do understand Prue's anger. I think that she does need to be a little bit more understanding with the situation. But I think finding out right now, that's not what you're thinking about. Right. And um, there is a little bit of hypocritical stuff going on for sure. But I do see a difference between Tom and Cole. And it's not so cut and dry in my opinion. I, I don't know if Phoebe can honestly say that Cole... I mean, I guess she can. It's just it's just weird. All she is is hoping. There's no... there's There's not that much fact... Except for the fact that he really loves her, but I, I don't know. There's something about the way that Cole approached the whole thing that doesn't necessarily just say, how do you know he's not going to come back and kill us? He could easily kill the two of us just so Phoebe will be alone and be with him forever. Like, he's that conniving. And I'll come back to this question when Cole comes back. See, and see, I see it the opposite because Prue hasn't known this guy since high school and Cole, um, he's very recent and he actually, well, I guess they don't necessarily know that, that he kind of stopped them from dying many times. Yeah. He, okay. yeah. So no, no, I'm not trying to prove you wrong. I'm just saying that there's still an argument to be had. I don't think it's just like Prue shut the fuck up cause you're doing the same thing. She yeah. just, yeah. But I, Prue also has a heavy prideness to herself. Like, she thinks she's right no matter what. Yeah. And, and that just comes with her personality. She can't help herself but think, well, my situation is different because I'm Prue. Yeah. So that's on her fault for her. You know, I, I'll give you that for sure. But I, I don't know. I still notice a little bit of a difference. But I do see what you're saying. Yeah. Rob, I think this episode had a really big missed opportunity, and in my mind, it happened, and it's such a beautiful moment, because this is the lost and found spell. I really think it should have ended with, well, Cole is lost. (laughs) I really think he should have shown up at the door, and Phoebe opens it, and there he is, and then it ends right there. Well, only if he had died in the house, I guess, that would have, or been lost in the house, I guess, that would have definitely made sense. But yes, this was definitely an opportunity. But he doesn't necessarily have to come back because of the spell, but I think it would fit with the theme of Lost and Found. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, I see what you're saying. Because then weren't we entering into 2019 Charmed, where like a whole bunch of shit is happening? I mean, would you be able to concentrate to what's going on in this whole episode of Cole Showed Up? Well, I mean, in the very end, though, to tease, yeah. like, if he's coming back soon. This show didn't really do a lot of teases. Yeah, I um, know. <laughs> <laughs> Hater. <laughs> um, no, I think they get a little bit better at it as the um, show goes on. But, no, the show wasn't really about teasers. I think they kind of closed weekly. Mm-hmm. Also, I love the fact how <laughs> when Piper gets healed, she just turns around and like, hey, <laughs> I found mom's ring. <laughs> it's just so casual like yeah i almost died hey how's it going hey is there any more dr pepper left (laughs) she finds herself in this position now where i don't think she's really that scared of death anymore or she just really expects everything to turn out fine she doesn't she just didn't seem surprised at all that she almost died could you imagine when she does finally die she's like leo what the hell (laughs) 
<laughs> Why do you bring me back? I know. But yeah, she was just very casual about it. It was cute. Yeah. <laughs> Daryl brings Tom's mother to the manor. The manor is swarming with lost souls. Phoebe tweaked the lost and found spell to attract lost souls in hopes of luring Tom to the manor. Tom and Kelman enter, and Kelman orders Tom to kill his mother. Tom hurls a fireball, but Daryl tackles Tom's mother, and the fireball misses. Prue flings Kelman into a wall. Kelman raises a ball blade to the neck of Tom's mother and again orders Tom to kill her. Instead, he grabs the ball blade and hurls it at Kelman, killing him. The lost souls swarm around Kelman. Phoebe says a quick spell to undo the lost and found spell. I return what I didn't want to find. Let it be out of sight, out of mind. Quieting quieting the manor. Tom's chevrons disappear. Piper and Leo head out to dinner. Phoebe throws the lost and found spell into the fireplace. She admits to Prue that she made a mistake in not vanquishing Cole. Prue is still upset. She feels that Phoebe's lie endangered all of them. Feeling dejected, Phoebe goes to sit on the couch when she hears a knock on the door and she opens it and the rain is running down Cole's face. (laughs) You wish. It happened. (laughs) You wish. Oh, that's funny. Can you believe that? I didn't get on the plane. (laughs) Here I am complaining about friend. (laughs) I know. And what do you do? Stupid. I I hate you so much. This is Sean's fan fiction. (laughs) It only took three seasons, but we got him to start fan fiction of Charmed already. God Mm -hmm. bless him. And then Andrew walks in from Buffy. (laughs) Shut up. Okay, what did you think about uh, Wrestling with Demons? I thought it was a fun episode. I don't know where it falls between Worth the Wait or Catch It Late, but I think because of the wrestling and because of that fight, I would say Worth the Wait. Really? Like, that the was res- entertaining. The wrestling won you over. Well, like, it was so cheesy fun. Okay. No, it's fine. But to make it definitely Worth the Wait if Cole showed up in the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. Well, you know, Phoebe finally let out the truth to everyone reacted exactly how she was supposed to she did not disappoint me i love it yeah so i mean there's really nothing left else to do is bring cole back like Mm -hmm. it's time since he has now been revealed jesus we just got through of her lying about dad being in town like can we trust phoebe no (laughs) like jesus I, i don't know what i'm supposed to do with this girl right i do you think it would be really hard to gain her trust back I think so. She's she's done a lot in these last few episodes. Yeah. I wouldn't even know what to do. Like, if you were Prue, would you immediately try and find him and try and vanquish him? Or would you just let it go? He could be out there killing God knows who. I mean, if they believe that's what he's doing, but he is still a demon. Like, he could be out there doing whatever. Like, I'm surprised that Phoebe hasn't worked even harder to find him. Yeah, I'm surprised Phoebe hasn't. I'm not surprised, though, if Prue doesn't go hunting him just because it feels to me like she's that type, like, I need to get my guard up just in case, but I'm not going to pursue it. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, you know, anytime that I repeat watching this whole series over again, this one is something that I don't necessarily have to, like, pay so much attention to. I can just use this to, like, clean or do something around, the, you know, the apartment or whatever, um again there are certain things that i do find funny like again the whole piper thing how she just woke up and was like whatever but overall like this isn't one where you have to like bam i need to really like pay attention to but some stuff did happen so regardless of the villain of the week they do their best to try and make every episode relevant to continue the story arc yeah and so it, it this was a great time for them to say about cole now it only took 12 episodes to do it What do you think? Should they have done it later? Or is this an okay time? We're halfway in. I think this is a good time. Okay. All right. Well, here are some notes from episode 12. Um, It's revealed that Grams' dog, Rasputin, Rasputin belonged to her. This could indicate that Rasputin was Grams' familiar. Mm. Yeah. Who knows? 
Uh, Prue was seen leaping and kicking harder and higher than normal humans, and it's because she's still using her telekinesis like she did in the Primrose Empath. This is the third time that Prue has brought up a bad guy into her home and been determined to save him from evil against her sister's wishes. So not only is she a hypocrite, she did it times three. Wow, she has a type. <laughs> Previously, she's done this with Brandon Rowe, the warlock priest, and also... Who's the warlock priest? <laughs> I know, kidding. right? Um, and also the mobster, Bane Jessup. Yep. Uh, mm. Each time she's been successful, though. Yeah. So, I don't know. Do you think Cole's redeemable? I think Prue has a magic vagina. <laughs> <laughs> I think Cole's redeemable. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this is the last episode to feature the prophesized Wiccan powers of telekinesis, molecular embolization, and premonition. And what I think this means is this is the last episode that you will ever see those three specific original powers being used in the same episode. Hmm. That's what I'm thinking they mean. Otherwise, I'm not exactly sure what this means. Because their powers are um, elevated, so then they change over time. So the prophesized original powers, I think this is the last time we all see it all at once. I'm not sure, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, the wrestlers in this episode were all portrayed by real-life professional wrestlers. Oh, <laughs> called it. Yeah, um, let me get those names. Actually, I'm very curious. So the names of the wrestlers is Buff Bagwell as Slammer. Uh, oh, I thought that was him. <laughs> uh, Booker T. Huffman as Thunder. And then Scott Stainer as Mega Man. So their names in the show were actually their name wrestling names i didn't recognize any yeah i didn't either (laughs) um oh yeah and then they talk about the phantasm thing about the tall man and how it closely resembles the blade sphere that you find in the film uh phoebe can be seen twice in this episode wearing clothing with chinese characters on them these characters read the great wall of china if anybody noticed Mm. yeah okay now it is time for Hot Man Meter. Let's do it. Let's do Ron Perlman first <laughs> as Kelman. Does he make your top 10? <sighs> no, he does not. Yeah, not a face I want to turn over and see when I wake up in the morning. Sorry, Ron, you do not make my list either. Pray to God he's not listening to this. Um, then we have Marco Sanchez, our Tom Peters, our innocent. He wasn't bad looking, but he wasn't good enough looking to make my list. Yeah, he had an all right look. There were some times where I was like, okay, I get it. But yeah, overall, he was all right. Mm-hmm. So how about um, Dennis Dunn, Mr. Chang himself, a.k.a. Wang from Big Trouble in Little China? He wasn't good enough looking anymore to still make my list. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Nope. Not this time either. Yeah, who do I have as my number 10? Oh, yeah, the Dark Lighter from last week. He's not hotter than him, so I'm going to have to pass as well. Um, But good looking guy. I think he aged well, in my opinion, to be honest. Okay. So how about the blonde um, uh, client, the one before Tom, who went down the pit, played by Marcus Dean Fuller? He reminded me of Lance Bass. Is he had the that? hair. Yeah, he had the hair. Bass or yeah, Bass? Bass. Yeah, Bass. He had the hair. By the way, okay, I'm going to sound like a hater. We listened to some of his podcasts this weekend, and it was so random. We turned it off. Lance Bass's podcast? Yeah, he has a podcast. Oh, I didn't know that. He just talks about whatever. Some people do that, and yeah. it's really just him being famous. I think Macaulay Culkin does the same thing. He just talks about random shit. He's crazy enough to where I think his might work. Have you heard his theme song? No. To his podcast? He actually sings it. Really? And like, do-do-do, this is my show, or some like crazy thing <laughs> like that. Lance says that too, actually. Oh, he does? Yeah. I'm, I'm not surprised. That's funny. <laughs> um, I don't know if Client makes it or not, because he was cute, but I don't know if he's cuter than Assistant Demon number two. This is called Hot Man Meter, not Cute Man Meter. And that's the thing. He's cute. 
but he's not memorable. Like, he's not hot. I'm calling my agent. I don't need this shit in my life, Rob. <laughs> Fine, he doesn't make the list. No, you can, he could can make your you know list. What? You know what? He makes number one on my tepid man meter. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was not knocking if he makes your list. It's just for me. We keep using the term cute, so until I can use the word hot, you just can't go on it. But where does he go on your list? You can put him on. No, he goes number one on my tepid man meter. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All right. Well, it looks like none of the men made it onto our list this week, but we have an entire second half of the season to go, starting with episode 13, Bride and Gloom. Hmm. I think it starts with Phoebe sitting on the couch and she hears a knock on the door. <laughs> she opens the door and Cole is standing there drenched in rain. <laughs> I didn't get on the plane. <laughs> I never got on the plane. Did you get on the plane? Did you get on the plane? <laughs> okay, so bright and gloom. I'm going to say it's our fianced or affianced sister piper centric and she's getting married and demons attack okay all right we'll see if sean is right next week but before we end our show who's our mvp this week where's all my soul sisters let me hear your flow sisters oh girl it's easy for me this week who is it all right well first off she's the one who like set up a whole plan i'm just gonna let this guy go oh by the way he's getting away right now and not only that but she wore those pants and she fought like a badass this is a prue week this is a very big prue week (laughs) prue has been just doing so well these past couple weeks i think she was my mvp for the past three episodes I don't know what it is about this season. Prue is kicking ass, and I love it. But yeah, she is also my um, MVP this week. Um, All right. Well, Sean, thank you for uh, (laughs) recapping this episode with me. Uh, Can't wait for next week. It just keeps getting better and better. I do like this next one. And and they get funnier, too. If I remember correctly of what I think this episode is about, yeah, you'll laugh. So thank you, Charmies, for tuning in to our show once again this week. Uh, Just a a small reminder, we do have a Patreon page now. We released uh, last week's episode early for those who are on there to uh, be able to listen to it earlier than Sunday. So hopefully we can continue that momentum and deliver these episodes to you early. So to give you more reason to join, Uh, we still have our bonus episode of... Holly Marie Combs and Alyssa Milano's guest star appearance on Grey's Anatomy, plus Sean and I's opinion about the show in general. So for as low as a dollar, you get early access to certain episodes. And there are other power tiers that will give you different benefits, including merchandise and also possibly guest starring on our show. So take a look at that. That's patreon.com slash BWTH podcast. Sean, say goodbye to the charms. Goodbye to the charms. <laughs>